0: Psalm 20 contains petitions and the assurance of God's help. Psalm 21, we see answers to those petitions, extra blessings, and a more detailed explanation of God's help and salvation. Psalm 21 is considered by Jewish rabbis to be a prophetic type of the Messiah. And Bible commentators believe it to be King Jesus, the Messiah, ascending in victory. So let's begin in verse 1 of chapter 20. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob defend you. So in the day of trouble, we're to look to the Lord, not anywhere else. And man, we are in days of trouble now. So we need to make sure we're always looking to the Lord. He says, may the name of the God of Jacob defend you. And the Hebrew word for name is Shem. And it means rank, reputation, person, nature, or character. So I'm just going to use the Jacob, de- person. So he says, may the name, the nature, the person of the God of Jacob defend you. And the, the word defend is a phrase that it literally means set you securely on high, out of reach of trouble. The God of Jacob is used a few times in scripture. It refused, refers to the fact that God delivered the patriarch Jacob in times of distress, So even as he delivered Jacob, may he deliver you, is what David was praying. So I want to read this verse again and put it together with the Hebrew understanding. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name, the nature, the person of the God of the patriarch Jacob defend you. May he set you securely on high out of reach of trouble. Man, already that's a great blessing, isn't it? Verses two and three say, May he send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. May he remember all your offerings and accept your burnt sacrifice. May the Lord remember all your offerings, all your sacrifices. You know, all of you have sacrificed so much in your lives, many of you have served on different mission fields. Many of you have raised children, you've reached out to children in the neighborhood, you've raised grandkids, you've invested in the church, you've invested in missions, and the Lord remembers all of that. May the Lord remember all your offerings, all of your sacrifices. Verse 4 says, "May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose." The word purpose can also be translated counsel. May he fulfill all your counsel. May he grant you according to your heart's desire. Of course, our hearts are after the Lord, and it's in his presence where our hearts are aligned with his heart, and his desires become our desires. We've got to make time to be in the presence of the Lord, not just corporately, also privately. It's in his presence that he gives us his plans, his counsel, his strategies, and then he fulfills those plans. Let's look at hold your place there. go to Psalm 37 verse 4. I want to back up the scripture I just just enlarged on to show you how it's worded in Psalm 37:4. He says, "Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. This word delight yourself, It means delicately delight yourself. So it's not a strong presence that brings God delight because of all the good stuff you're doing. It's not an active that where he delights because of your good works. It's, It's where he delights because you are delicately seeking him. You have soft, adoring eyes for the Lord. You love his presence. You soak in his love. And he says, if you will delicately delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you your heart's desires. Now, the word give in Hebrew means to put or provide or to give. That's what we normally understand that to mean. He will put there. He will provide it. He will give it. But it also means he will grant. He will give and execute So what it says is God both puts his desires in our hearts and he brings them to pass. He executes them. He grants those desires. So as we're in his presence, loving his presence, adoring him, getting his plans and strategies, hearing from the spirit of God, he gives us, he aligns our heart with his heart and he puts in our hearts what's in his heart. And then we start praying into those things and then he fulfills them. So it's not, well, if I please the Lord, he's going to give me the Cadillac I want. That's, that's not what this is. If I delight in the Lord, I'm going to want what he wants, and then he's going to fulfill those petitions. Okay, back in uh, Psalm 20, verse 5. This is a victory verse. He says, we will rejoice in your salvation, and in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions we rejoice in our God-given salvation, and only in His name, His nature, His person, do we set up our banners of victory. Psalm 60, 11 and 12, if you can get there quickly, otherwise I'll read it to you. Psalm 60, 11 and 12 says, "'Give us help from trouble, for vain is the help of man.'" Through God we will do valiantly, for it is he who shall tread down our enemies. So back in verse 5 of chapter 20, we rejoice in his salvation. In his name we set up our banners. So the salvation is all by him. And then, verse 6 he says, Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. And it's for the word Messiah, the Lord saves his Messiah. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Look at the first part of that verse, now I know. This is a statement of faith, that prayer is heard, that the answer is coming, that victory is on the way. First John 5, 14 and 15 says, and this is the confidence We know these things. This is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know that we have the petitions that we've asked of him. It's what we know. This is our confidence. 2 Timothy 1.12, Paul said, I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he's able to keep what I've committed to him until that day. So that's what we need to have, a faith, a knowing, a confidence. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed, his Messiah, but also us. I know the Lord will undertake for me. Verse 7 says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They are bowed down and fallen, but we have risen and stand upright. Save, Lord, may the King answer us when we call. So it's through the mercy of God that we're not shaken. We trust in Him. If you'll hold your place there and go to Deuteronomy chapter 20. Deuteronomy 20, we're going to read verses 1 through 4. Deuteronomy 20, 1 through 4. When you go out to battle against your enemies and see horses and chariots and people more numerous than you, do not be afraid of them. For the Lord your God is with you who brought you up from the land of Egypt. So it shall be when you're on the verge of battle that the priest shall approach and say to the people, speak to the people. He shall say to them, hear, O Israel, today you are on the verge of battle with your enemies. Do not let your heart faint. Do not be afraid. Do not tremble or be terrified because of them, for the Lord your God is he who goes before you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. You know, for many of us, we're in battles right now, and for others of us, we're on the verge of battle. We all need to hear these words. Do not let your heart faint. Do not be afraid. Don't tremble. Don't be terrified because of them, for the Lord your God is he who goes with you. And then if you'll flip over to Isaiah 31, we're going to read verse 1. Today we are welcoming 87 new members into Highland, and the Washburns who are slipping out are two of our new members that we're welcoming today. So they have to go in and be welcomed in the first gathering, and then we'll see them welcomed in the second gathering. I guess the same is true of of Rod and Carol. Welcome to Highland, you four. Glad you're with us. You're enriching our lives already. Okay, so notice I'll remind you in Deuteronomy 20 verse 1, he says, Do not do not look at the horses and the chariots and all the people and have fear rise up in your hearts. Okay, now so in Isaiah 31 verse 1, he says, Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help and rely on horses who trust in chariots because they are many and in horsemen because they are very strong. But do not look to the Holy One of Israel, nor seek the Lord. When he says in Scripture, when you see the word woe, that means a curse to you. So there is a curse for those who trust in horses, or chariots, or horsemen, or man, or anything else other than the Lord. So if we go back to Psalm 20... We read 7 and 8 again. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will not. We will remember and call on the name of the Lord our God. Look at verse 9. Save, Lord, may the king answer us when we call. Okay, now we're going to move into Psalm 21. And this psalm answers Psalm 20. If you look at them and measure them up, it's very interesting to see this. Of course, David wrote them both, and they were both written to the chief musician, which means they were both put to music. Psalm 21, 1 and 2, he's referring to himself. He says, The king shall have joy in your strength, O Lord, and in your salvation how greatly shall he rejoice. You have given him his heart's desire. And have not withheld the request of his lips. So here's the response to the petitions of verse 4 and 5 of the previous chapter. May he grant you according to your heart's desire. Fulfill all your purpose. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. So in Psalm 21 he says you have given him his heart's desire. You've not withheld the request of his lips. Verse 3, you meet him with the blessings of goodness. You set a crown of pure gold upon his head. Now, for David, that was a literal crown. For us, crown in Scripture refers to victories, especially in the New Covenant. So when it says that we are crowned, that that speaks of victory. And when it says that Jesus himself will be crowned with many crowns, that means he leads in many victories. So that's what we can identify with. Verse 4, he asked life from you, and you gave it to him. Length of days, forever and ever. His glory is great in your salvation. Honor and majesty you have placed upon him. So he's crowned with a gold crown. God has also granted the king, King David, long life. 70 years was long in his day. He lived 70 years. Glory based on the salvation of God, honor and majesty. Remember when Reuben taught us out of Psalm 8, verses 4 and 5, David had said to God, What is man that you're mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and majesty. So what God crowned David with, honor, majesty, God also crowns us because we're made in the image of God, just a little lower than the angels, and he's crowned us with honor and majesty. I just want to point out that the blessings of God far exceed what we think they do. We, think, we thank the Lord, Reuben and I thank the Lord every day for a house for a car, two cars that run. We thank Him for running water. We thank Him for toilets to flush. We've lived where they don't. We thank Him for hot water on tap. The other countries that we lived in did not have that. You know, we just thank Him for the things that maybe many people take for granted. For us, they're luxuries every day. So there are just lots of blessings the Lord gives us that maybe we don't always remember to thank Him for. This week would be a good week to be thanking God. The week of Thanksgiving. We should thank God every day, but this week especially. So, verse six says, You have made him most blessed forever. You know, we could say that too. The Lord has made us most blessed forever. You have made him exceedingly glad with your presence. See, there again, it's in God's presence that our joy is complete, that we find our strength, where we find where we belong. You know, if you feel like you don't belong anywhere, you don't belong into any particular circle of friends or any particular CG or whatever, you just kind of don't belong, it's in your presence. It's in God's presence where you will always belong. That's where you can be fully at rest, know that you are intimately and totally loved, and very secure with him. So that's the best blessing of all these blessings that he names in verses 4 and 5 is that he said, you've made him exceedingly glad with your presence. Psalm 16, verse 11 matches this verse. 16:11 also written by David. He says, you will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. This year I read this book by Tommy Tenney, The God Catchers. It's the sequel to the book The God Chasers, which was very popular about 20 years ago and hopefully still is somewhere. But The God Catchers is a really good sequel to it. It's also talking about passionately pursuing God. That's what The God Chasers is about. But in this book, he says, pursue him until you encounter him and experience his presence and then live in his presence. And it so impacted my life. I was thinking of buying one for all of you until I saw the prize. (laughs) But, you know, if you want to get a good book to read over the next couple of months, I would suggest this, The God Catchers by Tommy Tenney. I recommend this. So Psalm 21, verse 7, the king trusts in the Lord, and we say we do too. And through the mercy of the Most High, he shall not be moved. David calls God the Most High. It's the Hebrew word Elyon. It's usually paired with the name El, which is short for Elohim. And so you see it in other places, El Elyon, or El Shaddai, It means God Most High, God in the highest, supreme and exalted. David says, through the mercy of the Most High, El Yon, the exalted supreme God, we will not be shaken. It's not through our own strength, our own goodness, our good luck, or anything else that keeps us steady. And the only thing that will keep us steady in the days to come will be only through the mercy of the Most High. It's through his lavish mercy that we stand. Verses 8 and 9, it says, Your hand will find all your enemies. Your right hand will find those who hate you. You shall make them as a fiery oven in the time of your anger. The Lord shall swallow them up in his wrath, and the fire shall devour them. God's judgment is often referred to as fire. Verse 10 says, Their offspring you shall destroy from the earth and their descendants from among the sons of men. Having no one to carry on the family name was considered a great curse in Middle Eastern culture. So that was often the way that, specifically David would speak about wicked men or women. He'd say, get rid of their offspring. Don't let their children live. Don't let them see their children's children because children and children's children were so important in Middle Eastern culture, carrying on the family name. Verse 11 and 12 says, "'For they intended evil against you. "'They devised a plan which they're not able to perform. "'Therefore you will make them turn their back or turn away. "'You will make ready your arrows on your string toward their faces.'" I like this in verse 11. It says, They intended evil against you, devised a plot that they're not able to perform. They're not able to carry it out. They will make plans of destruction that they cannot complete. They can't carry out. That's a good way for us to pray right now. Because there are a lot of plans of destruction being made that, that are demonically inspired. This is a good way to pray. That they not be able to carry them out. That the Lord would confuse the ranks of the enemy. Verse 13 says, Be exalted, O Lord, in your own strength. We will sing and praise your power. And then I want to read again Psalm 27 to 9, just kind of the whole focus of the Lord being a warrior. We will sing and praise your power. We'll say again some trust in chariots and some in horses but we will remember the name of the Lord our God they are bowed down and fallen but we will risen. Will rise we are risen and stand upright and then if you look at chapter 18 Psalm 18 17 through 19 it says he delivered me from my strong enemy so there again our hope is in the Lord our trust is in the Lord all of our deliverance comes from him he delivered me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for they were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He also brought me out into a broad place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. And then verse 3, chapter 18, 3, says, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. That, again, speaks of God's deliverance. So here's five takeaways from this. In the day of trouble, we're to look to God, not to man. Just as God delivered Jacob, so he can deliver us. Very basic, and yet so often we look to man. We look to politics. We look to finances. We look to other people to take care of us. In the day of trouble, we need to look to God. Number two, he always remembers our offerings and sacrifices. Many of you have sacrificed a whole lot over the years in your service to God and others, and he remembers all of that. None of it escapes his notice. In his presence, delighting in him, our adoring hearts are aligned with his heart, and his desires become our desires. He gives us his plans his strategies, his counsel, and he fulfills and executes those plans. Number four, we can know that our prayers and petitions are heard if we pray according to his will and in faith. Number five, singing and praising His power is our natural response to our God, El Elyon, the God Most High, the exalted Supreme One. He fights our battles and saves us from our enemies. We rejoice in His victory and salvation. It's not our strength or our goodness that holds us steady. It is the abundant mercy of God Most High. So let's close with Psalm 1846 through 49. Psalm 1846 says, The Lord lives. He still lives, aren't you glad? The Lord lives even today. Blessed be my rock and exalted be the God of my salvation. It is God who avenges me and subdues the people under me, He delivers me from my enemies. You also lift me up above those who rise against me. You have delivered me from the violent man. Therefore I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the Gentiles. That means the nations or the non Jews, and sing praises to your name. It is the Lord who delivers us. Blessed be my rock. You know, when he speaks of enemies, they're not always people enemies. Sometimes they're enemies of our soul. They're anxieties, their fears their resentments, their hurts, their wounds, their rejections. He is the one who subdues people under us and delivers us from our enemies. So God is good. He does good. He does far more than we ask for. The blessings He give, it gives exceeds the ones we pray for. Remember Ephesians 3, verse 20. He is able to do exceedingly above all that we ask or think. So it's right that we live in thanksgiving and praise Him. So we're going to now listen to the blessing song by Dennis Jernigan. He wrote this many years ago. In fact, he sang it Highland years ago. He was part of a worship CD that was produced here. And you have the words on your table. If you want to read along, sing along, if you just want to close your eyes and let him sing over you, he starts out with Psalm 20, verse 1. May the Lord answer you in the day of your trouble. So that's why we actually chose this. But he continues to sing all kinds of scriptures. It's all the blessing of the Lord that you find in scripture. So you might just want to... Sit back, close your eyes, and receive the blessing as well. Um, we're playing a 2014 recording of it. Dennis Jernigan has Parkinson's disease now, and his voice has, is a, a lot weaker. So we're, we're playing a, a recording when his voice is still quite strong. So Reuben, if you'll start that.
1: strong Christ, Satisfy beyond all measure May his word light your path And may his peace guard your heart And may your days be filled with gladness Joy and peace through any sadness Filled with love that will not depart and may your strength Australia... to his hands.
0: If you Google Dennis Jernigan the Blessing, you can hear that on your computer. Yes, Galen? If it's quick. He says, Galen is saying, don't give up on healing, that the Lord has delivered her from something she had for 40 years. And don't give up he wants to heal you. And don't let anybody tell you, no. don't let anybody in physician, speak over you that it's impossible because it's gone. Don't give up. I don't give do the word for somebody in here needs to hear that. Come on. Okay. So, Lord, we receive your word. And we receive your healing. Amen. So I want to close by reading Psalm 21 through 5 again. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob defend you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. May he remember all of your offerings and accept your burnt sacrifice. May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose we will rejoice in your salvation. And in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Lord, thank you for blessing us over and over and over again. Thank you so much for your goodness, your mercy that you lavish upon us, that you hold us steady with. Thank you that you answer us every time we call. And so, Lord, we all have things we're calling on you about. Thank you that we have a a confidence that you hear us and that you answer. We love you, Lord. I pray your blessing on your people this week. Lord, again, we lift those who are struggling with a lot of pain. Would you bring that pain down in the name of Jesus? We speak life and blessing over one another. Again, we speak life and blessing over Tim and Sharon Comer and their ministry ahead Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for giving us wonderful relationships, wonderful comrades in this walk of faith. We bless you, Lord. Amen. God bless you all. Worship at 10 o'clock. If you want to say goodbye to Tim, he's going to stick around. And he's got books over there. Over here, if you want to come say goodbye to Tim.